Welcome to the show today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, as you may have noticed, um, I'm wearing the same shirt over and over again. We uh, <laughs> shot a lot of these episodes the same day, uh, but appreciate you tuning in to Unaborted with Seth Gruber. Um, if you're listening to this episode by now, you'll know that um, I have moved my family to Kansas uh, to give my family greater support in these crazy times as I travel and participate in the abortion wars, the most important topic in the culture wars, and launch my new organization, the White Rose Resistance. But uh, before I left California, I wanted to have my good friend Bryce Eddy on the show. He is the host of Liberty Station here at Godspeak Calvary Chapel, uh, co-hosted. Uh, by Rob McCoy, um, the fearless leader and pastor of Godspeed Calvary Chapel, and who uh, co-founded Turning Point Faith with Charlie Kirk, and has become an Ezekiel watchman and pastor for our times and our cities. Uh, Bryce Eddy is a good friend of our families. Uh, his daughters uh, babysat my children. Uh, he is a black belt Brazilian jiu-jitsu uh, ninja. Um, he is a successful entrepreneur and businessman, uh, and he's quite a deadly man as well. Uh, and uh, God has used him powerfully in a lot of different ways in this Kairos moment that we all sense is so important for Christians to start asserting influence uh, and stewardship and responsibility for what God has given them to promote life, to promote liberty, and to stand on behalf of the rights of our neighbors. Uh, but nowhere is the assault on our neighbors and the silence of men and the church more pronounced than on the slaughter of unborn children who are killed at the tune of a million a year, at least, because states don't have to report their abortion data, so it's actually big one statistical hole. Over 65 million children killed in America since 1973 with Roe v. Wade, which just got overturned. And if there was never, if there was ever a more important and significant time for men to start acting like men, uh, it would be right now, as we just had the Emancipation Proclamation political equivalent of our generation and lifetime with the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Bryce Eddy is a trusted fellow, friend, and brother of mine, and I think you're going to enjoy our conversation. I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted. <laughs> Bryce, welcome to the show, brother. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. This is fun. By the way, I, I need you to be my hype man every time. Great. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, we do. We uh, we have had so many conversations before where afterwards we were like, man, that should have been that could have been a podcast yeah, episode. Yeah, People yeah. would have loved that, you know, uh, and, uh, no, and we you, have a yeah. lot of fun talking about all the issues, really. Um, but you've been such a supportive friend uh, and uh, and our family loves you and your family. And, uh, and God uses you just in so many different ways. And I was like, man, we got to we got to finally have you on my podcast and talk about everything that's happening. So first, uh, just tell people a little bit about yourself so they can get to know Bryce. Yeah, well, well, I appreciate that. And I'm a, and you, you and I talked. We'll, we'll probably throw this on Liberty Station as well, because this yes. will be a fun, a yes. fun talk. Um, and tell yeah. people about Liberty Station. Too, yeah. Yeah. If so, they don't know. Uh, well, we're we're launching on um, Salem's podcast network, um, you know, here in a couple of weeks. And we've been um, we've got something like 74 episodes episodes in the bag already awesome. and you know our whole thing is about uh, you know being a threat to the great reset so <laughs> yeah, um nice. you know we're pretty we're pretty wide on the topics that we're talking about yeah, really you know some of it's current events driven and everything that's happening right now um but a lot of it uh is really just about you know how do we fight this um you know battle which you know obviously you're part of the front lines on that that's with, right you know abortion which is and i think you you just said it's the the greatest front in the culture war and i yeah. agree um and so you know I'm, I'm thrilled to you know sit here and talk to you about it yeah but, yeah, yeah um 
but yeah, I mean, for, for me, um, I, I've just been blessed that, you know, God put me in the position to, you know, to, to have a mouth that, uh, you know, talks fast and is able to talk about <laughs> whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. but, uh, you know, being here at, uh, God speak and, you know, spending the time like we did where, you know, Rob courageously stood up against, you yeah. know, um, the, the local oppressive tyrant, yeah. um, you know, in our, in our local government and then the state and all of that. Yes. yes. Um, and, and, you know, God called me to, to be a part of it. I'm unafraid when it comes to the criticism from the left and, um, Good. you know, we had a local battle here against, you know, some, um, teachers that were inappropriately, um, Grooming, grooming kids and, you know, g giving them videos on transgender stuff. And, you know, and it stirred up the whole community. And and you've been standing I, with one of the fathers. Yeah. And, and I was willing to take went, those came after you. They were like, yeah, they, they were, bought transgender T-shirts in my name and you know, there were things like that. <laughs> yeah, and so, yeah. What they don't understand is I don't really care to be liked. It doesn't really yeah. bother me. Well, you know, it's actually the, it's, it's, it's the <laughs> ultimate compliment. So like yeah. people have come up to me that, that someone just said this at uh, Stanford. I, I, I got into it with some suits at Stanford meeting. Um, rhetorically I got into yeah, it with them yeah. and and it was like probably it got probably to 20 students or more who were just livid they looked like deer in the headlights at first with me and then they were like screaming bloody murder and rending their garments and one of the women came up to me afterwards when they obviously had no arguments to defend their pro-choice position and said uh, basically something like I just donated to Planned Parenthood in your name yeah. the same thing and they're buying yeah, transit yeah. so yeah. it's actually like the ultimate compliment it's like wow I so agree. you see me as a threat thank you <laughs> yeah you know I mean it's funny because these are the same people that you know they say that um, you know words are violent but abortion self-care yeah no no they're, they're it's truly they're out of their minds and and their arguments don't stand up to any scrutiny which i mean and i know you talk about it on the show all the time you know there's there's no you know logical sense of you know in their minds when life begins you know that's always a moving target right and i remember replying to a, a tweet one time where i said everybody knows when life begins it's when you ascribe it value that's really the debate because that really is right right you know they they want to play about you know wh what you know when it's really when it when the yeah. baby feels pain when this when this well you know the that. nazis did the same thing bryce well, of course they had a phrase it was lebens unvertensleben lebens unvertensleben and it meant life unworthy of life yeah. translated that phrase yeah. means life unworthy of life price and so w what do we take from that that the nazis were admitting that jews were life yeah but they were unworthy yeah. of what of the value the protections therein so the pro-choice movement does the same thing today unwanted pregnancy is the pro-choice uh, equivalent of Lebensunvertensleben. Yeah. Because they're admitting it's a human being, it's a life. I could tell you, um, uh, Faye Waddleton, Planned Parenthood president, 1997, in an interview with Miss Magazine. Okay, this is a Planned Parenthood president, Bryce, who said, um, I think we have deluded ourselves into believing that people don't know that abortion is killing. So any pretense that abortion is not killing is a signal of our ambivalence, a signal that we cannot say Yes, it kills a baby. That's a Planned Parenthood president from 1997. Wow. So my point is this. They're like the Nazis in the sense that they admit that their victim class are human beings. They represent life, but they're unworthy of the protection of life. Well, you know, with... Which is what you just said. Yeah, and with all these things, you know, what they do, and, and this game is played on the left with everything, yep. okay? And, they, and the, right, the right doesn't do it. This is their, I believe, a unique characteristic, but they play, they use euphemisms for everything. Yeah. 
Uh, homelessness is a euphemism. Um, you know, pro-choice is a euphemism. They always do that, and they use those euphemisms, you know, for as long as they can until they start to admit the quiet parts out and loud. And then they have to pick a new one. It's what yeah. Steven Pinker called the euphemism treadmill. Uh, yeah, you know, I uh, I didn't realize that's that's actually great. Uh, what, what, yeah, great what, word to use. Once yeah. the the society and the people start to awaken to the fact that yeah. the term you've been using to describe this evil thing is evil in and of itself because it's referring to an evil thing. And yeah. once the people start to wake up to that, Nancy yeah. Pelosi oh, and on. Chuck Schumer have to jump onto their euphemism treadmill and spin out a new phrase. Yeah. And so they they moved from women's rights in the sexual revolution uh -huh. to um, equality, right? To healthcare. Right. To choice. And now check this out, Bryce. Uh, a bunch of people on the left, and I forget the mainstream leftist publication, but like four weeks ago, like a month ago, um, the uh, it was part the, some of the Democrats in the, the were calling for um, abandoning the word choice. They didn't want people to use the word choice anymore. And they were trying to come up with a, a new, I think it was, oh, decision. Yes, a bunch of pro boards got together on the Democrat Party and they said, we need to stop using the word choice. We need to start using the word decision. Why? You've been using pro-choice for years. What happened? The euphemism treadmill. Yeah. Because you had things like our buddy A.J. Hurley who were unboxing murdered children, some of them in the third trimester, because the waste management company driver that picks up the mutilated children from the Washington, D.C. Surgery Center abortion clinic gave some of these boxes to pro-lifers so you have incidents like this yeah. where abortion starts to get a face and the public realizes oh that's kind of an ugly face like abortion's kind of like a bad thing and so you have to pick a new word yeah they have to they have to they have to shift gears yeah, yeah oh, anyways, okay, you were quick, saying these people it. always come up with new euphemisms yeah they they do and that that and that's a characteristic of the left yeah. and and so you know that's why you know I always try to just keep resetting it and yep. you know using the truth. You know, listen, this is a pro-abortion thing. You yeah. guys are, you know, That's right. pro-baby murder. Okay, yeah, fine, yeah, we yeah, get yeah. it. Just admit it. You yeah. know, just say that. You know, this is what you want. Let's well, not remember talk here in it. our home state here in California, Bryce. I mean, I guess if people are listening to this, I, I live in Kansas now. But, um, you know, they were pushing AB twenty two twenty three, which was basically going to provide cover and protections for anyone who might murder a baby up to 27 days after birth. And the key phrase in that legislation was the word perinatal. And when you look up the definition of perinatal, you get a few different definitions, but most of them, it, that's a term that's referring to the baby after it's born, up to 28 days after birth. And so what this AB 2223 in California was trying to do, and we had people like Jack Hibbs and some of our favorite people up at the Capitol protesting against this thing a few months ago, was that it would, it would, it would not allow prosecution against women or abortionists um, in relation to miscarriage, abortion, or perinatal death was the phrase in the legislation oh well why put that in there like even if you're just pro-choice and you want to mm -hmm. protect a woman's right to kill her baby in the womb then okay that's fine so put in women can't be prosecuted for a miscarriage or for an abortion because they're trying to create a sanctuary state for abortion with the falling of roe v wade but why yeah. put in the word perinatal death because you you want to push it to fourth trimester abortions yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> well, In yeah. Um, well, and I think part of that is is their you know their view um, to because like take a real life example: a woman delivers uh, you know in the Burger King restroom and you know leaves the baby there right. to die. Right. They they want to you know put her in victim status class. Yeah. And be able to not prosecute her and yeah. say you know come here you're safe whatever you do kind of a thing and 
and again, I, I mean, you, I know you talk about this a lot. I think it is this, you know, just this evil world of, you know, like a child sacrifice, you know, level evil that's stuff. Right. And that's, and that's what we have going on here. But, um, yeah. you know, one of the things that we, we started to talk about is, you know, masculine responsibility here because yeah. it's interesting. I, I walked into a restaurant um, and ran into a, um, a wife of a lawyer friend of mine. And, you know, we, we knew each other pretty well. And I know that she was fairly liberal. And this was the day of or the day after the brief was leaked on Roe v. Wade. And, um, and, and we, like, naturally, because they were talking about it, and I kind of overheard, uh, <laughs> right, right. you know, them talking about it. I, I stepped in because I couldn't help myself. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm a combat sports athlete, and sometimes that includes words. Um, but I – so I, I wanted to kind of, like, you know, p- poke and prod a little bit. So I started Were talking. they violent words, Bryce? Um, no. Speech is violence. very polite with my words. <laughs> no name-calling or anything. No, and, and this, this – um, this lady is actually a friend. Like I, you know, I love her. You know, care about her, and, yeah, and yeah, you know, yeah. we were able Good. to be pretty civil as a result. Now her friend, not so much, because <laughs> her friend didn't know me. <laughs> right, right. And I'm like, well, if you just get to know a conservative, you'd know that that was not true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah but, but one of the one of the things, and this is buzzing around online, and I think it's funny because it shows that they do not know how conservatives think. Totally. But she she said to me at one point, well, if abortion's going to be you know illegal and we can't do it, then and life supposedly begins at, at conception, then you as a man should be responsible from the moment of conception. And I'm like, okay, we <laughs> yeah, can take that deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah sounds we can great. start negotiations yep. right there. Yeah, sounds yeah. great. Yeah, and and uh, the I'll look- support legislation that makes yeah. men financially responsible for the children they they procreate yeah and the, the look on her face was a little bit of like stunned like that's not right. what we'd be advocating but right. yes we are we're advocating for responsibility on the side of the woman and we're uh, advocating for responsibility on the side of the men that's and right. the great evil that is abortion i believe is because men have abdicated their responsibility now i believe the great that's evils that exactly are dominating right. our society all over the place are because yeah. men have abdicated their responsibilities and you know we're seeing the results of that and and that's a you know theme that i talk about on our show regularly yep because it is men's failures that are yep. leading to the absolute destruction of everything yep. that made western culture yeah. great but Bryce men and women are are equal there's no distinction between the sexes um, and therefore there's no special duties that men have over women in any given certain moral circumstance don't you know this you bigot yeah, yeah. Well, misogynist, I think is what I, <laughs> what I am by saying that you know men have responsibilities. How yeah. many women were at the beaches in Normandy, by the way? Yeah, yeah. You know, what? I um, I don't know because I wouldn't assume any of their genders. But, <laughs> you know, these days you never know. Yeah, that's right. Um, no, and you know what's what's uh, scary, and I think you and I have talked about this, and you know, you and I had you know awesome um, you know out in the middle of Montana discussions about all sorts of things. I think I trolled you for a little while. I was having fun with that, getting you wound up. Not not hard to do. That's right. Um, but no, it was fun. Um, but, you know, I, I've been talking about on our show um, over and over again because we've been talking about it for years, actually, that we're coming into a incredibly dangerous and violent period of time. And, um, you know, there's a book, yeah. book written by... 
Peter Tertian called Ages of Discord that goes into the science behind it. There's uh, books like The Fourth Turning, turning, and there's a a bunch of others that kind of show that historical cycles that have to do with generations coming in and generations coming out. Yep. It has to do with prosperity. It has human to do nature. with human nature. You know, all, all at its core, you can see kind of these patterns. And, yep. you know, we have been so prosperous and so over-civilized, yep. you know, that, that now what's happening is, you know, we're leading into really, really dark times. Yeah. What's going to lead us out of it is men. Right. And it will be men that, you know, kind of wake up. And so I'm excited because I do believe that the next, I, and I said this in 2020, and I said this on another podcast back then, where we predicted that we would have a summer of rights before George Floyd was killed. Wow. Um, we said this is, because this is straight out of the playbook, the, the unrest that we're going to have in our cities, this is, this is coming. And, yep. you know, we're seeing it now with the uh, riots based on abortions, and we're seeing uh, terrorist attacks yep. on, on pro-life clinics. And, yep. Um, I think it's know. over. I think it's over seventy or eighty. Yeah, uh, pro-life organizations have now been defaced or firebombed, um, Molotov cocktails or whatever. Um, but and but uh, it's mostly peaceful, I think. But yeah. but and a large uh, amount of those were pro-life pregnancy centers. But there's about seventy or eighty total like pro-life groups in general. Yeah. Um, and the other day, uh, when Roe v. Wade got overturned, Bryce, um, there was a uh, what's the word? Um, an insurrection. Yeah. At the Arizona State Capitol. Yeah. I'm not kidding. It, according to how the left has defined the term insurrection, there was an insurrection yes. last week at the Arizona State Capitol. There, I've, I've watched the footage. They were tearing down fences. They were walking over it. Yep. They, they forced themselves into the Arizona State Capitol. Then they surrounded the second floor above the atrium area. And they were screaming. I mean, this... Uh, That's uh, a threat to our democracy. The threat to our democracy. <laughs> well, as uh, Michael Knowles always says, anytime they say, our democracy, what they really mean is our oligarchy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's becoming abundantly clear. Sure. But I love what you're talking about, the cycles of history. Um, and for people who are listening to this um, who think we're going on a tangent here because you listen to this podcast because you like pro-life stuff, you, you need to understand... I mean, you probably know by now if you listen to my podcast, I speak about the abortion issue in a way larger framework and 60,000-foot view than most pro-life commentators or, or speakers do. Uh, it's, it's the one reason why people love me. It's the one reason why people hate me. It's actually because yeah. well, well, I'll talk about the vaccine. I'll talk about me. But I think it's good I'll because talk it's about all riots connected. and how it's all connected. The scripture tells us that bloodshed begets bloodshed. Yep. The summer of 2020 was a great example of that. We've been sowing bloodshed in the womb, and now we're reaping it in the streets. Uh, and the, so I'll talk about all of this, and that's part of why the cycles of history history is actually really important to understand too. And Alexander Teitler, uh, who is a Scottish judge and historian professor at the University of Edinburgh, and you probably heard the Teitler cycle, Mm -hmm. is powerful. He says, we go from bondage to spiritual faith. Yeah. From spiritual faith to great courage. From courage to liberty. From liberty to abundance. From abundance to selfishness. From selfishness to complacency. From complacency to apathy. From apathy to dependency from dependency back again to bondage. Um, and that explains like so much of human history. Yeah. And so being able to identify where you are in that cycle is actually incredibly powerful it information is. to help you stand in a day like today. A- Amen. Well, you know, in the um, profession of arms, we say hard time, hard men create, uh, or strong men create uh, good times, good times create weak men, yeah. weak men create, create hard, hard times. times. And right. the cycle kind of repeats itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so we are seeing all of that play out, and it is very much connected. Um, I mean, even uh, the, the 
the uh, devaluing of life that you get with abortion um, over you know the the last many decades right. is the same thing that leads to active shooters. You yeah. know, and people don't realize that it's that nihilism. It's that nothing really matters. It's that uh, life doesn't matter. All of that sort of stuff over time makes us numb and You're exactly you know, right. W willing to do evil because none of it matters. Um, Mother, I think it's Mother Teresa said virtually what you just said, Bryce. She said, um, we should not be surprised when we hear reports of war and murder and violence across our world. For if a mother can kill her own child, what is left for us but to kill one another? Ooh, that's good. I had no idea. That's great. Um, one, of, one of the things, and I've written about this, is um, as we have lost the moral underpinnings of our culture um, and we have pushed more and more towards just implementing of laws, passing laws for the sake of laws. You the know, tyranny like, of the will. Laws trying to cover every single iteration of everything that can possibly happen. And I think it was John Adams, you know, has that quote where he talks about our constitution is suitable for a moral people. And Built for a moral religious yeah, people. It's wholly inadequate to the governance of go. any other. See, I knew you would have that quote chambered. I love it. <laughs> um, but, but that's exactly where we're at right now. Um, and so you're seeing yeah. that happen. And it's only going to be a return to masculinity that's going to get us out yeah, of this. Yeah, yeah. And where we're, where we're ignoring, and, and, you know, all of the um, women who hate guys that talk this way the are freaking out the right now that I say <laughs> That's that. That's what I was thinking, yeah. But, but the truth is, is um, we were once a far more civilized world. And I say that when we were more civilized, when there could be an expectation of a knuckle sandwich if you got out of line. It's because, actually a gr really great point. Because we we had a a, a structure that really um, we were more free. We we less knew that tolerant. Could, yes, we were less tolerant. But oh, to what did Seth just said? Less tolerant? Yes, yeah. because you don't understand what to the word tolerance actually means. Uh, oh well, well, what's interesting, and and I think um, you've probably talked about this, so stop me. But um, Matt Walsh articulated this brilliantly. Charlie's picked it up, and I originally heard heard Matt Walsh say it, but but now you know Charlie's repeating. And I think it's going around because it's the most perfect way to describe what um, they sold us. Mm. And they being the people that are driving these evil ideologies, they first asked for tolerance, that live and let live thing. And and I right. you know fell for a lot of that, too. Like, OK, Remember fine. marriage equality. Do do your thing. Yeah. Let your Just freak, tolerate us. Let your freak flag fly. Yeah, whatever yeah. you want to you want to have, uh, you know, That's blue right. hair and, you know, weird piercings, you know, go for it. Whatever. OK, big deal. Um, you want to, you know, marry who you want to marry, you know, things like that. Okay, I'm not, I'm not cool with it, uh, but right. okay, fine. You want us to be tolerant. We, we, because we're nice people and conservatives and and Christians and all that stuff. Okay, we'll minister to their hearts. You know, fine, whatever. Right. Once they had us at tolerance, they then moved to okay. Now we want acceptance. Yep. We, you know, you can't say that my way of life is wrong. You can't say that that you have a moral issue with my way of life or what I'm doing or what I'm pushing or That's what right. I'm advocating for. And then, okay, we want you to now celebrate it. Yeah. You know, once you shut up and once you're not no longer That's speaking right. out against it, now we want you to to say that it's great, it's good. Bake it's a the cake, big bigot. Thing. Bake the cake, bigot. That's right. Jack Phillips, Colorado. That's right. Masterpiece Cake Shop. Yep. Yep. And then we're now at the stage where they want us to participate. They want us to participate in the delusions. So they say the cycle. So say the, so the, say the cycle. Yeah, yeah, so tolerance, 
acceptance, celebration, and participation to participation. And the participation is where we're at now, where we have to have our kids be indoctrinated into these things. And, yeah. you know, they're they're forcing. Remember that you know, Texas things drag the kids. kids to things that drag the kid it was a drag show but they're saying drag the kids yeah. to the drag show and they were saying it's not going to lick itself it's like okay wow we All are we are we are through the looking glass now folks <laughs> yeah and if you object to that you know they they literally would like to see us arrested for for saying that, so that wait a second we're not down with that perfect perfect bridge um bryce to back to abortion okay so how do how has abortion moved to participation Right. So it was it was tolerate abortion in the 1973 safe, legal and rare, right? Safe, legal and rare. It's yeah. a tragedy, but we no one wants it. Right. Because it never made sense to say that abortion was safe, legal and rare, because if if you think it should be rare, right, then you're acknowledging that it has something morally reprehensible yeah. about it. Because why else make it rare? Because yeah. if it's healthcare. Well, and, remember, and abortion is no more different than removing a polyp, Bryce. Yeah. Then why should it be rare? Yeah. It never made sense. No, no. But the, at the beginning, remember, it was look, this is going to happen, and if we ban abortion, and it, and it is illegal and not allowed, we're going to have women dying in the back of alleys with coat hangers. You know, that yeah. was that whole argument. So as much as you moral, you know, uh, Christians hate this and believe this is wrong and right. it's terrible. It's a necessary evil. It's just something that's going to have to exist in a society. And I admit there was a time, you know, in my youth where I was like, okay, all yeah. right, I get it exists. Uh, you know, maybe we shouldn't, you know, try to legislate against it. Maybe we should, maybe we yep. just have to have to work on the hearts of people yep. to turn them around, to get them to understand that it's wrong, yep. you know, but, but let's not, let's yep. not fight it that's through right. other means. So, so it started I started so, with tolerance. So admittedly I was probably there, yep. you know, then it, then, Ex yeah, then acceptance, it moves to that and, then, and this is when they were saying in the sort of eighties and nineties is when this talking point started. And you remember it, Bryce, um, it's settled law. Yeah. The Supreme Court has spoken. It's constitutional. It's never going to get overturned. It's, you and better accept it. Obviously, it did. Yeah. Uh, by the way, racists said the same thing to abolitionists. Mm -hmm. Settled law. Slavery is a part of our life here. Get accustomed to it. And then celebration. And so within my lifetime, we saw this shift from safe, legal, and rare to, to shout, shout your, your abortion. abortion. Yeah. Uh, and um, Amelia Bonow. I remember her name broken tragic broken woman she did i did a, a year and a half if, if someone on this show is like i've been listening to seth since he started the podcast then you might remember an old episode uh about amelia bonow because she had this uh youtube account and organization she started called shout your abortion and she had kids onto this program where she did a whole filmed interaction asking preteens bryce preteens their thoughts about abortion and some of them were like it seems kind of wrong it seems kind of like a baby and then she would literally be like well who are you to tell me what to do with my body she was like bringing kids in to get them to what to celebrate to yeah. shout your abortion so and and then we've seen this increasingly in the left this unapologetic celebration of abortion and this is why you get people like <clears throat> chuck schumer on the steps of the supreme court not and some people thought it was recently because it was going viral again but it was actually from over a year ago when the louisiana law uh was being ruled on that was going to force abortion clinics and abortionists to meet the same uh, medical requirements as other ambulatory surgical centers in Louisiana. Right. Um, and uh, anyways, we ended up not getting that case because John Roberts stabbed the conservative movement and unborn children in the back and betrayed us once again. Yeah. We got him on Roe versus Wade, which is incredible. But well, you had Chuck Schumer at that point on the steps of the Supreme Court saying, 
I want to tell you, Brett Kavanaugh, I want to tell you, Neil Gorsuch, you're going to pay and you're going to release like a, what do you say, release a, a wave of storm or whatever, and you're not going to know what hits you if you go forward with these rulings. And yeah. so there's this which, like, which all of that's illegal and, yeah. and they so should be arrested he, immediately. Of course, yes. He's um, celebrating yeah. abortion. And, and now and now we have been actually at the participation point of that for some time now, and I'll prove it to you. The Equality Act. The Equality Act, among many things, was going to force pro-life obstetricians at a federal level to participate with or perform abortions. And pro-aborts have tried to implement this legislation in different states. Um, there, was a, there was a case from um, Virginia uh, a few years ago. Uh, I might be getting the state wrong. It might have been Illinois. Um, and it was one of the most clear-cut cases of conscience violations in American history. It happened under the Trump administration. Remember Trump's uh, Office of Civil uh, Conscience Protections at the HHS? Mm -hmm. That he started in large part because of religious liberty issues and pro-life issues. And there was a nurse who was told at this hospital that to, was called in to assist with an abortion. And she, she was pro-life. She had moral or religious qualms against it. And the, the abortionist or the doctor, whatever, said, you have to or you're going to be fired. So she was threatened with career termination if she didn't assist with the abortion. To her regret, she participated in it. Yeah. Regretted it, That's filed slavery. a lawsuit, and it was one of the clearest cut cases of, civil, of, of conscience rights violations. Okay. Yeah. The, the, the decision was still pending. The Biden administration comes in, and guess what? Biden's DOJ dropped the lawsuit. Mm. So what are they communicating, Bryce? Participate. Yeah. Kill this baby or else. Yeah. So now and the Equality Act would have federalized this is all that, that was my point. And not only would it force us to use pronouns and all of these various things, but the Equality Act would have said it would have added pregnancy as a condition of sex within the civil rights protections of the 1960s. And so if you didn't grant a woman an abortion, you could be sued for pregnancy discrimination. Mm. For not giving the abortion. So, well, or, in a free society, yep, um, participate in evil. Yeah. Well, in a free society, uh, we we labor is a free exchange. You know, I'm giving you my labor. You're giving me something. So to do something like that is engaging in slavery. That's right. Yep. That's yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, well, um, I I don't have this up, but another because um, we probably could have thrown this to to Eric and put it up there. But you know, I'm showing you, Seth. Just this, hold it uh, up to the camera. Yeah, yeah. If you guys can uh, can see this on camera three, so this woman standing there with Sick. not not yet human on her belly while holding very her son. pregnant <laughs> belly. She looks like she's, you know, probably seven months, maybe. I mean, she's right right at the later stages of her pregnancy. Yeah. Not yet human. Yep. Yeah. No. The uh, the the evil that has crept in with this issue yep. is. Um, mind-boggling and stunning but we what we started to talk about is the um you know male or masculine responsibility in this um because it is men um growing weaker over time in exactly. our culture and not standing up for the lives of the unborn That's and right. also being driven into a small corner under the guise of you can't talk about this because you don't have a uterus <laughs> yeah 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 um Matt Walsh, who is an absolute hero in my house, keeps you know making this argument that wait a second, men can get pregnant now, so I do have a voice. In <laughs> That's this right. Thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, which you know the left always kind of eats 
eats their own. I do that sometimes you know, they're, they're on university whole... campuses, Bryce. I'll be like, I'll be giving a lecture. I'll be like, uh, I would like to open up my lecture this evening by just stating that um, I'm actually a woman, uh, and as a woman with a uterus, um, I'm very excited uh, for you to welcome my opinion. Yeah, uh, as a woman who can speak with uh, with sexual credentials. Uh, on this issue, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, again, I mean, all of their arguments are incoherent, and and they're incoherent because they are, you know, they are yeah. evil. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, they'd, I'd actually uh, give them more credibility, and I actually at least think that the ones that say, "Hey, I believe that we, you know, should be allowed to kill these babies, and we should have that ability, and yeah. you know, all that stuff," I, I actually. Um, I don't know, g give them a little more juice for, for being honest in it. Yep. It's the people that, that play all of the games that, um, you know, that bother me more yep. um, because they, there's no logic behind anything that they yep. uh, do or say. Yep. But they particularly have a problem with men, don't they? And so one of yep. the comments I probably get the most on my YouTube channel and social media channels, and I, I rarely spend time reading these things, but, you know, I, I get the email notifications sometimes. And one of the most repeated comments, Bryce, is, uh, shut up, you're a man, right? Yeah. Or, uh, oh, funny coming from you who'll never have a uterus or, you know, whatever it yeah. is. It's always, it's always this idea of, 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 of the fact that I'm a man and I always make jokes. I'll say, well, you know, as a former fetus speaking as a former fetus or, yeah, sure. or as a former preborn male, uh, cause obviously this is a human issue. Right. Uh, and I'm very grateful that my mother didn't abort me and kill me. And I was a male in the womb, so it's not a woman-man issue. It's just a human issue. But the left really hates strong men. Yes. And so they call what we would call healthy masculinity toxic masculinity. Usually when they refer to toxic masculinity, it's actually just good masculinity. Now, not in every case. You yeah, the yeah. whole Me Too stuff, you had these yeah, no, sexually look, and, perverted, addicted people. And by that the way, we none, all of wanna, that's, and yeah. none of that's masculinity. <laughs> exactly. Th that's exactly. sin, right? Yep. That's sin. That's evil. Um, right. You know, that's people abusing people. That's, you know, yep. all of that is evil. It has nothing to do with uh, masculinity. Yep. I mean, I think when they talk toxic masculinity, it's just because, uh, you know, men with the strength that we have can, you know, uh, can perpetuate, yep. um, you know, a different kind of evil, yep. right? Oh, you know, yeah. Because of our strength, right? Yes, we, that strength yes. can be used for evil, but, but I mean, That's there right. is a, the, uh, by that same note, there is toxic femininity. I mean, there, look at Amber Heard with Johnny Depp. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, there's things like that that go on all the time. Yeah, well, look at um, AOC. I mean, look at any yeah. radical member of the squad today who's in bed with Planned Parenthood. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, we never talk about toxic femininity, um, but it is largely women at the forefront of the abortion rights movement. Now, interestingly, abortionists tend to be male. Abortionists who kill yeah. babies tend to be male, but the 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 big faces that are the leaders of mm -hmm. the abortion rights movement tend to be women. I believe though that there's a lot of men that drive it, oh, which absolutely. is which is a, a really evil thing. So yes, yeah, certainly the abortionists. Uh, yeah. But but there's the the reason that there's a lot of men that endorse choice, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah. Um, endorse abortion or or baby murders because they also want to be free of the consequences of their yep. dalliances. Abortion is the ultimate exa ultimate example of male chauvinism. Yeah. And there's and there's a lot. It of, allows men to use women for sexual gratification yeah. and then expect that they'll deal with it if a child shows up. Yeah. And almost all of the men in the radical left are are there so that they can get with the crazy women on the <laughs> radical left. I mean, I think a lot of those, it truly, because that's, you know, that's, that's how a lot of these 
um, because yeah. it's because most of the ideas on the left, especially the ones that are being espoused these right. days, are are weak ideas, yeah. right? So you don't have strong men on the left, yeah. um, which is why you know the Antifa cats are all you know running around, uh, you know, covering their faces and you know their umbrellas yeah, and you know yeah, all yeah. that sort of stuff, and they're all flimsy people. Yeah, um, they uh, we you know I've, I've when we were um, doing our operations in Beverly Hills, you know, I lined up against Antifa in a skirmish line, you know, with my uh, with our hats and bats and, you know, kind of ready to go. And and what uh, one of our guys said, and I think it was astute observation, is they're like hyenas. Hmm. They would they would kind of, you know, walk to the line <laughs> and they would like probe the line and then they'd, you know, back up and then they'd you know, walk <laughs> away like looking at you over their shoulder and then they'd come back. Right. And, they'd, and they were testing and it and it literally looked like the way hyenas behave. Like, almost like wild. showing an appearance of strength. Yeah. You yeah. know, seeing, you know, again, seeing where they can get in and yeah. cause trouble, but knowing that if they were to stand up against, right. I mean you know, one hard shove on those dudes and they're going to be on their butts and, um, you know, crying and screaming. And by yep. the way, you saw a lot of that um, footage when the police appropriately addressed as they should. You know, now you're watching um, uh, in some of these uh, abortion-led um, Antifa demonstrations and riots and protests that yep. are going on right now. And I've been watching, you know, because that's what we do. You know, we've been watching a lot of the tapes. Um the police are in retreat because unfortunately wow. over time the police being defunded the police have also lost and these and and we're talking some of the premier and i don't want to name agencies because i've got friends in some of these agencies yeah, but yeah. but some of the most premier uh, police agencies that are used to dealing with riots at wow. the highest levels that that you know have participated over the years and are the model for handling un a civil unrest right. in the world are retreating and backing down wow. and and um, you know telling them to disperse and not enforcing it because they have lost personnel the defund the police movement the diminishing of police the devaluing of their role all of that has caused some of the best guys like the old salty dogs that have been there forever that have the wisdom that have the restraint that have the ability yeah. um, that you know that can bring it when they need to yeah. those guys have just retired one of my uh, best friends um, who's a fellow jujitsu guy and I mean a gnarly, awesome hero of a cop. Right. Said, I'm retiring early, I'm out. He moved to wow. Fiji, bought property in Fiji, and he opened a jujitsu school, him and his wife. Wow. You know, so you're seeing that happen all over the place. And now what's left are these guys that are being told that tactical uh, tactical patience is a new um, term that they've uh, that they've coined. Another euphemism. What was tactical patience? Uvalde, Texas, where they waited, wow. waited, and waited. Um, they're no longer uh, a lot of these agencies, and we're talking to these guys all the time. Are no longer, you know, running in pursuit. Hmm. So they're no longer pursuing bad guys. You know, all this stuff is happening. Well, this is where I see as this abortion issue and the people protesting against it. Um, this could be another one of those summer of riots, uh, more terrorist attacks, oh, all yeah. of that stuff. And I think that that's what we're predicting and yeah you know we'll see but um you know this this is because of weak men yeah. and it's weak men that are in those protests doing yeah. this stuff alongside women that are being driven by you know evil i mean you're watching them in tears screaming cursing yeah that they can't kill their kids yep yep yeah i mean where, just yeah where amazing. are the men um <clears throat> you know 
C.S. Lewis in 1943 or 1944 published The Abolition of Man. Mm. And it's a book that pastors need to reread today because they're shepherds. You're the pastor. You're the leader. You need to understand these issues. And it's incredibly prophetic Bryce. Oh my goodness. I'll have to read it. Yeah. That's I mean, read. C.S. Lewis in the, and the, at the end of kind of closing out on world war two, uh, just beforehand. Um, my gosh, has it proven to be true? And, and so he, he says in the abolition of man, Bryce, he says, such is the tragic comedy of our position. We continue to clamor for the very qualities that we are rendering impossible. In a sort of ghastly simplicity, we remove the organ and demand the function. We make men without chests and expect of them virtue and enterprise. We laugh at honor and are shocked to find traitors in our midst. We castrate and we bid the geldings be fruitful. Mm. So, so what is C.S. Lewis saying there? He, the entire premise of the book is built on this idea that the head rules the belly through the chest. So the abolition of man is men without chests. We remove the chest and then we bitch and moan about the fact that there aren't men with chests. Mm. We remove the organ and demand the function. So when he says the head rules the belly through the chest, Bryce, the head represents the intellect. It's the rational man. It's what separates us from the animals, right? Yeah. <laughs> we have moral accountability. We have moral intuitions. We have a rational nature. So the, the, the head, the intellect, rules the belly. The belly represents the animalistic man, mm-hmm. right? The bad part of us, the dr- satisfy me, <laughs> sex, yeah. food, drugs, feed me. Right? That's, the, that's the belly. Um, so if the head rules the belly, then intellect rules raw appetite through the chest. What's the chest? Virtue, honor, morality. Mm. virtue, honor, morality. So the abolition of man, Bryce, is men without chests. If you remove the chest, then the intellect rules the raw appetite with nothing to temper it in between. Right. And are human beings really good at justifying our decisions and behaviors? Oh, yeah. And, and, and justifying it as necessary? Oh, yeah. You remove the chest, you can justify anything. And so the abolition of man is built on this idea that C.S. Lewis was seeing even then in the universities. Now, remember, he's writing in England. Right. That the, the mainstream, the mainstreaming of relativism and postmodernism, that the macro narrative doesn't matter. It's always the micro narrative, right? It's the individual stories, my truth, right? That there's, yeah. there's no objective moral structure. And so he saw this mainstreaming of relativism in the universities. And basically what he ends up saying is that this, this will lead to the abolition of man. We're going to attack the idea of the chest. We're going to remove the idea of the chest, that there's an objective standard for moral virtues and truth and honor. And then we're going to whine and ask, where are all the men? What happened to all the men? Why are we in the situation that we're in? And so I, we, it, boy, if that was ever prophetic, it certainly is now. And that really explains so much of our sort of current cultural and political moment is that the very thing necessary to keep evil in check and to build a healthy society has been removed. And so what, what do you expect? And, yeah. and, and, of course, abortion really representing the ultimate failure of men or the yeah. ultimate um, Protecting of the of most men. innocent. Yeah. 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 Well, it's interesting. So a lot of people quote this now. Um, 
and I, I you know I was listening to him at the time uh, make this comment um, but Jordan Peterson talks about you know be dangerous and have it under voluntary control and and he said it in a couple well, of different ways but meek he, meekness well that's that's what I was going to bring it to because the original time I think he said that was maybe on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast yeah and he talked about meekness and he and he uh, and he and what he said was pretty fascinating because he's because he um, and I've I've said this before I believe that with him we we and I, and I don't know exactly where he's at at this moment in time, but I believe I was watching a C.S. Lewis in the making because he went from this evolution of not saying that he wasn't a Christian, yeah, you know, to well I'm a Christian but it's complicated to then in later podcasts saying I am a Christian. So, so I, f- I find that fascinating. Now, yeah. again, I, I don't know what what his heart I- is about or anything that's going on with him. I, I you know got to sit at a lunch table with him and um, you know hear him speak the you know one of the last times wow. before he went through his um, uh, issue with benzodiazepine withdrawals right. and get off of all that, which he's been super transparent with. But but he talked about the word meekness because and he was he was like totally blown away like how fascinated like the, the bible is so studied the real translation the more yeah. studied uh you know than anything else in the, and you can go and you can look at all these commentaries and so he's so he's like puzzling it through and he says and and so in 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 what i've seen to gather by you know getting all these things and, and jordan peterson's one of those guys when he says I've thought a lot about this. You know he has, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, totally. So, uh, so anyway, uh, but he talks about that that meekness being that okay, I have a sword, hmm. I know how to use it, but I keep, keep it, it sheathed. <laughs> and so what? So that's that voluntary control. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that that is yeah, what meekness is society not, meekness needs. Is not gentleness. It's what civilization yeah. needs. Is you need very, very, very strong men who have it under voluntary control. And yeah. that control is morality, values, principles, yeah. you know, all the things that God wants us to have as, as far as our, um, you know, personality yeah. and, and out and who we are. Yeah, yeah. He, he wants that all to be embedded in that. Yeah. Um, and these weak men that are, you know, on the left that are, pushing these ideologies alongside these very destructive, evil women that are pushing this stuff. Those are the first men to hide behind a guy like me and go, what do we do now, chief? If something dangerous happens, you know, and and that's not to pump myself up, but, but I mean, that is they, they will look in the room. If the, you know, the proverbial crap hits the fan, they will look for the nearest strong dude who, who goes, all right, Here's yeah. what we're gonna do, That's and they're right. gonna go. Okay, chief, what do you need from me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, totally. and those women will do the same thing. Yep. And so, um, where we turn around, and I believe that this is coming, and why I say that we are, you know, in the decade of the warrior, is that times are getting tough, and they're going to get tough, and I predict they're going to get very tough, and I've talked about those reasons on our show, and yeah. some of the things that are going to be happening. And when you do have to storm the beaches of Normandy and when when uh, you are fighting for survival and all that stuff, then masculinity raises up. Also, morality does, too, because you you have to have, you know, one with the other. That's right. And 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 all of a sudden, you know, there's that there's no atheists in a foxhole kind of thing. All of a sudden people are turning to God. Right. And people are turning to, you know, leaders um, and they're turning to men who are strong, who are willing to fight. And 
that's one of the things that I'm encouraged about because I'm seeing it happen. So when you're seeing these things, these, yeah, these yeah. bad times coming, right. I'm praising God for it. That's awesome. Because we need to turn this around yeah. and we cannot have these, uh, you know, the, these patients running the, right. the, the, you know, insane asylum. So, um, one of the things that the left hates to acknowledge, Bryce, is the significance and power of a male presence. But abortion actually is, while tragic, is actually a wonderful example of this. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at the data for why women choose abortion, the vast majority of the reasons submitted boil down to one common denominator. Can you guess it? Men. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So here's a uh, here's a study from the Guttmacher Institute, and the listeners to my show know that Guttmacher refers to Alan Guttmacher, a former president of Planned Parenthood. So this is Planned Parenthood's statistical research branch, not a pro-life source. And they did a study in 2005. You can find this on the Guttmacher Institute. It's been there for years. It's just called Reasons U.S. Women Have Abortions. <laughs> so they just asked, yeah. right? And uh, here were the findings. Wait, no, let me guess. Rape and incest. It's got to be that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right exactly. Or the ectopic pregnancy and she was going to die. We're hearing pregnancy that lie right now. And uh, miscarriage. <laughs> yep. uh, you know, those are the real reasons, right. and you know, everything right. else is. Here were some of the the most significant findings. The mo the reasons most frequently cited were one: seventy four percent said having a child would interfere with a woman's education, work, or ability to care for dependents. Her work or her ability to care for dependents. I wonder who might help alleviate a situation yeah. that she feels where she can't adequately care for her dependents or can't leave her work. Yeah, I wonder why God uh, created the Institute of Marriage. Right, and, uh, you know, that partnership. It yeah. continues. 73% uh, said uh, she could not afford a baby right now. Oh, maybe because she's on a single income. Maybe because the, the man pieced out. That's yeah. 73%. Next one, 48% said she did not want to be a single mother or was having relationship problems. And so those are significant percentages, yeah. and they all boil down to the abolition of man, to well, men without chess who aren't rising up to provide for and protect the child that they freaking created. Well, let's talk about those two categories, but let's do it. Oh, and then lastly, I'll just say okay, that, yes, yeah. is that, and then what what would have happened had had the man not just been in the picture, yeah. but said, oh, oh, baby, I'm going to take on two jobs. It, would you think 74% would still say uh, she's afraid to provide for dependents? Probably not. Yeah. If he said that, do you think 73% would have said that the reason was that they couldn't afford a baby right now? No, of course not. And and as someone who's been the pro-life movement my whole life, Bryce, I can't tell you how many women who have had abortions have told me if my boyfriend or husband or fling had shown up and said, oh, we're raising this baby, baby, and I'm going to give you a 300%. Yep. How many of those women have told me I would have never gotten an abortion? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll bet that uh, is so much more um, overwhelming a number than people would ever believe. Yep. Um, because that that is, if they think they're going to go at it alone, you know, and, and this dude just, you know, knocked him up and, you know, may not be there in the picture and isn't really committed to it, right. then, you know, th then... Oh gosh, okay. I guess I'm being told by society it's no big deal. Right, right. You know, I'm gonna just go and have an abortion. I've talked to women and I've had them, you know, burst into tears because we were having a debate about mm. abortion. And I said, Hey, listen, and I was just inspired in the moment, like, look, because I didn't know, but I just said, Hey, if you had an abortion, God could forgive you. And I watched this gal just go 
boom, like tears explode out of wow. her eyes, like projectile tears. Wow. Um, and and a lot of these women regret it horribly, but they were told that it was no big deal. Yep. It's just a mass of tissue. It's, you know, nothing. Yeah, it's like removing a polyp, whatever, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. No, hey, you'll be in and out, you know, no, no big deal, right? Yep. Um, and some of those women were unable to have children later. It continued on down the path of sacrificing for their career. Yep. And, I, and I've had, I mean, I've had dozens of, of women that have worked for me over the years where they've admitted that they made the worst uh, possible decisions in their life in regards to that, and they're miserable and alone now. Yep. And, that's a, and that's a common thing. But uh, going to the, um, I think it was the second point where, where they talked about they couldn't afford it or they, you know, all that. Couldn't right? care for dependence. Yeah. Um, we have a little bit of a, and this is a, a lack of manliness in even the Christian culture right now, of g- standing up, and getting after it yeah. for your lady, right? Yeah. And that's happening right now because I talk to believers who are couples that are married that are like, well, you know, we're not really ready to have kids and that kind of thing. I, that never occurred to me, hmm. and maybe that's just how I'm wired. I was like, yeah. hey, you know, I mean, we we went for like three years not trying not to but not trying to yeah. kind of a thing. And then, and then, boom! It happened, and we're like, "Yeah, this is great." But there was not one thought on my in my head, and we weren't, you know, we weren't financially really well off or anything like that. We were both working at the time, right? But, but everything about me was, I am going to figure a way that yep. my wife can stay home figure and have out. babies. Yep. You know, and and we did. That's right. And my brother-in-law, to his credit, because you know he doesn't make a lot of money or anything. You know, he, he works works for Tesla. And uh, his wife was a nurse, and in the evenings, because you know she needed to quit her job, they just had their second, um, you know, and he's like, uh, you know, twelve weeks old or something now. Right. They just had their second. Their oldest is like sixteen months old, you know. Wow. So they were like super close together. I'm probably my math is probably off there, um, but uh, but she's just a little toddler, and and he's like driving for Uber and Lyft in the evening, and he's doing like you know working every second yep. that he can to make this thing happen. Yep. We need more men to be standing up, stepping up, and doing that. That's right. And, uh, you know, you don't need to have a big, gnarly apartment. You don't need to ha- own a home. You don't need to. The The fact is, is you will rise to the occasion if you have that mindset. That's right. You will step up, and you will do more. And there's a reason that married men make more than single men, and there's a reason where married men with children make yeah, more than both. Right. That's a great point. Because, you know, you have to step up and get after it. You know, That's and right. I was blessed so much by having kids. You know, yep. my maturity, you know, your heart grows multiple sizes, yep, you know, yep, like yep. overnight. <laughs> I remember that moment when, when Angela, my oldest, right. came out, and I was like, whoa. I was deer in the headlights. They are like, hey, do you want to hold her? I'm like, give me a second. Not because I was afraid of holding her, because I could hold right, babies. Right, right, that wasn't right. it. I was just, like, overwhelmed. Yeah. Like, Whoa. And wow. so I always joke, you know, um, that I'm the Grinch and, uh, you know, my heart grew two sizes just <laughs> in looking at her. But but it's true. My capacity for love right, in yeah. that moment grew. And, you and need, work. Yeah. And you need to, to stand up. So the, the Christians, because it's happening, there are Christian couples right now. I hear that all the time. Get your act together. Yep. Get your butt working. Yep. Make it happen. Do yep. not make finances a consideration. That's right. Yeah, you will regret. Well, this that. is a podcast for another time. But for the Christian, um, procreation is actually not really uh, like um, an option. You don't no. get to pick or choose. If you're a Christian and you understand get that the it. first couple 
we're told the first mandate yeah. to fill the earth and subdue it. How do you think you fill the earth? Uh, yeah, that's referring to yeah. procreation. Now, now for the people who are going, Seth, Seth just said that he hates people who can't have kids. Okay, no, no. Okay, obviously there's issues, but all things being equal, the mandate for Christians in marriage yeah. is not to keep the love between yourself. This, this, this physical act of sex is so comprehensive and unitive that sometimes nine months later it requires a name. Um, and that's significant. Yeah. Uh, and that's part of the mandate. And uh, uh, um, governor, former Governor um, Mitch Daniels, Indiana Governor Mitch Daniels, years ago, Bryce was asked, um, how do we beat the libs? Um, and he said, well, you can either um, outfox them, right. you know, outmaneuver them, um, outthink them in politics. He said, which is tricky because they're pretty clever. Or you can outbreed them. Yeah. And I would recommend the latter because the <laughs> latter is more fun. 100%. <laughs> well, uh, listen, and, I, and I've and i said this before, and again, my heart goes out to people who cannot have kids. Right. I, I know, and I know that there are, and I talk about it with, you know, declining testosterone and some of the things that are going on in our environment that, that are weird, vaccines, you know, there's yeah. a whole, whole bunch of things that are putting, I believe, and going to be putting gnarly pressure on right. fertility. But, my, so my heart goes out to the folks that cannot, yep. okay? And it does not mean that they are valueless because they cannot. Yep. Um, so this is not about them. Yep. But for those folks that are waiting and delaying and choosing not to have kids out of selfishness, because that's what a lot of people are like, well, that's we're right. just, you know, we're, we're more into traveling. We're more, you know, we're just, and we're just thinking we're not, you know, people, there's no other reason to live. Yep. And I say that, again, you know, I want to be sensitive to the folks that can't. Yeah, yeah. But hey, adopt. You know, be the world's greatest aunt and uncle. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but the the profound effect that having a child has on you, and the feeling you have, like it, it's you you will all of a sudden realize that, oh yeah, this is why I'm here. Yep. You know, you are fulfilling a, a, a you know yep. mandate from God. Yep, that's right. Let's uh, wind down with this then, Bryce. Um, I think abortion represents the litmus test of masculinity mm. just as it sort of represents the litmus test of a republic do we take these foundational fundamental principles as true or not as self-evident that we're created in the image of god inalienable rights that among these are the right to life liberty and the pursuit of happiness but in another way abortion also represents this litmus test of masculinity and what i mean by that is this if you can't stand up against the slaughter of unborn babies and as a man if you were involved in procreating that child and you can't stand up against mm. your woman whoever she is wanting to kill that child what can you stand against yeah right it's like it's like if if you can't stand up against that then the culture of death will forever own you yeah, because they know that if they can get you apathetic and tolerant towards that, you'll get sold on. Anything. There's no end to their political yeah. project. I think it was Aristotle who said that tolerance and apathy are the last virtues of a dying society, yeah. because we should not be tolerant of evil. And and what could be more evil than forcibly dilating a woman's cervix and sticking forceps up there and ripping the arms off of her child's uh, shoulders. People are like Seth. Why do you speak so graphically about abortion? Because you've probably never seen abortion. You probably don't have to look. I look at these children. I look yeah, at the remains of I, abortion. I had a we need to speak clearly about what's happening. And if you tolerate that as a man, there's nothing else you won't tolerate. So we as pro-lifers, Bryce, say if you don't get the right to life right, 
you won't get any other rights right. Mm-hmm. But the left says, if you can get the right to life wrong and invert the right to life, there's nothing else you can't invert. Yeah. And if they can get the American public, but men in particular, to remain silent towards and apathetic towards the murder of children, they know that they'll. Well, they've done, and they've done it. They've done it intentionally. They've they've really tried to neuter our voices, you know, emasculate us. Um, it's interesting, you know, as, as people watching this video can tell, I just came from my barber, and I uh, got a fresh haircut. Um, <laughs> And uh, I and I was talking to him about this, you know, saying that I was going to be, you know, on your show later today and, you know, talk about the issue. And so he started to do the, you know, typical thing. Well, you know, man, I'm kind of uncertain about this you because know, a lot of people are uncertain. Right. You know, they they aren't they're, they're And most of them are definitely not for like late term stuff. Most right, of them sure. are like, you know, but but then they get into this like quasi like I'm not really sure. Right. We need to say, well, I'm sure. And yep. here's why. Yep. And you need to boldly talk about it. And then towards the end of that conversation, you know, and he's a newlywed guy and he, and he does have a, a Christian wife and he's, you know, been kind of speaking to him for some time. And, you know, he's a you nice. know, good dude. Um, and so he's coming along. But but at the end of that conversation, now he's a lot less uncertain about yep. it, you know, and we need to do that. We need to do it without fear yep. and we need to do it without being worried that we're going to offend people because now right. is the time to actually, you can do it with graciousness. You don't have to be combative like, you know, sometimes yeah, yeah. people get, but we do have to be bold and yep. we do have to speak up for these, yep. you know, unborn kids yep. that these evil That's right. people want to and, murder. And you know what, Bryce, um, just as physical atrophy occurs through not using your muscles, so does moral atrophy occur through not using your voice. Amen. And so we'll finish with this as the word to men listening, whether this is on radio, podcast, or both. The longer you tolerate, that's a bad word, okay? Yep. The longer you tolerate this evil yeah. and refuse to speak out, the sooner you will find that you no longer know who you are. And here's what I mean by that. Czesław Milos was this ant was this Polish anti-communist dissident, and and uh, and I've d- I've read some of of what he's written and what he did, but I encourage you guys to read some of actually his writings, Czesław Milos, and he talked about this idea called Ketman. Now Ketman, Bryce, was this Persian word that referred to um, like the appearance of Islamic orthodoxy while inwardly dissenting. Now, there's a whole history about that, of course, of Persians and Muslims. But, but it, to go along and, and play the, the role of Islamic orthodoxy while inwardly dissenting, to go along to get along, to not be oppressed, right? To, to show that you were playing, you were going through the, the rhythms. But inwardly, you were saying, I, I don't agree with Islamic orthodoxy. So Czesla Milos, this Polish anti-communist dissident, he talked about this word as Ketman as well, mm. um, because there were a lot of people who were ideologically opposed to communism, but um, went along to get along. Right. They, they played the role. Inwardly, they were dissenting. They didn't like it, but they wouldn't stand yeah. against it. And and here's the problem. The an actor who portrays his character long enough eventually becomes that it's character. That's true. true. So as long as you tell yourself inwardly, Bryce, but I but I don't like abortion. I'm against it. Meanwhile, California is like forcing taxpayer dollars to pay for the babysitting of women for their children in Arizona as they travel to California and kill their children. Like like dystopian sci-fi, like twenty yeah. fifth like twenty 
twenty hundred like picture like novels or something. It's like oh, yeah. what this is no, happening? straight out of science and, and you won't yeah. even speak against it. You won't even stand against the slaughter of unborn children. One day you will wake up and find that you have no chest left. Yeah. Well, and let you me add, become the character of the coward that you played for. Well, decades. let me add to that because uh, good men do not tolerate evil. That's we are right. not to be tolerant of evil. We are to rout it out. Yep, that's right. That's right. Uh, Reagan had a great line. He said uh, that evil is powerless when the good are unafraid. Amen. Um, and good men made this country great because we were willing to stand against evil. Yeah. But we are living in one of the most evil regimes ever. Yeah. With, uh, we live on in a, in a quote-unquote free country, we're told, right? Mm-hmm. that's built on the mutilated bodies of 65 million children. Are we really free? Thanks for coming on, brother. Thank you, man. I'm going to miss you. <laughs> that you was know? a pleasure, man. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning into the show today. I, I knew that you would enjoy uh, Bryce Eddy and I's conversation. Uh, go follow Liberty Station, my home church, Godspeed Calvary Chapel. Follow them on Rumble, Rumble, R-U-M-B-L-E, Liberty Station. You can also catch you where, Bryce, on radio. Um, so we are uh, locally here um, in Ventura County on KDAR, and um, we will be launching again. Uh, on Salem's platform. So we just uh, got the press releases and all that stuff going out for that. So you'll also find us, uh, you know, popping around on radio and other people's shows to promote what we're doing. So Excellent. Yeah. Awesome. Liberty Station, Bryce Eddy. Uh, if you want to learn more about Unaborted or my ministry, go to sethgruber.com. If you want to join the White Rose Resistance and tell your children and grandchildren that you joined a resistance movement to stand against the genocide of abortion, go to www.thewhiterose.life, thewhiterose.life. Follow me on social media. Follow Bryce Eddy as well. Uh, he strikes fear into the heart of the secular progressive culture because he knows what a man is and he can define what a woman is, which makes him all the more masculine because of it. Thanks for joining the show today. We'll see you next week. I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted.